Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today, the game day edition. And we're getting you started on week four on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're off to a hot start. After that Thursday night barn burner, fantasy goodness all around. So hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully we can bring some more of that to you today. Uh, We'll be going through lineup ranks. We'll be taking a look at a snapshot at all the games, uh, and I'll be doing that with my trusty cohorts in Scott Engel and Jim Day. So first of all, Scott, um, Scott Engel, you can find him on Twitter at Scott E. Roto X. And Scott, uh, off to a good start on Thursday night. Tons of points all around, so hopefully uh, we see a little bit more of that today. Yeah, good morning. And uh, you could always try to predict matchups, et cetera. You know, this guy is not good against this guy, whatever. It's hard to predict execution, though. That's the toughest thing to predict in fantasy football. Jared got five touchdown passes against that Minnesota defense we expected to rebound. Uh, I think very few saw it coming. A lot of people on social media uh, said they had Goff and Cup on their benches. You know, I did in two leagues. And uh, But again, you know, let's not overreact. You know, if you went against Goff or you went against Cup, and maybe you didn't go against both, you, you know, you didn't lose your game. Uh, and you can't assume you won your game either yet. Yeah. Um, I had a lot going on. I had Goff going against me. I have, had, I have Cup in a couple of leagues. I have Thielen in a couple of leagues. So it worked out well for me. But Jim uh, Day, you can find on him on Twitter, at Fantasy Taz. That's T-A-Z. Uh, and Jim, obviously, the three Rams wide receivers all hitting the 100-yard mark. Goff is playing as well as any quarterback in the entire league, a perfect quarterback rating the other night. Uh, it's getting to the point where... I mean, it already is at the point. He's got to be the most underrated guy in the league. People aren't really talking about him all that well. Um, yeah, look, it, he played a spectacular game the other night. Every pass was exactly where it had to be. That corner touchdown throw was amazing, right over the top of two solid defenders. You know, he, he was just on fire that night. And, you know, it really – doesn't do him justice the fact that he has such a great defense, such a great running group that he doesn't always have to throw that much because with those three wide receivers and that arm, he could be lighting this league up. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, 26 of 33 the other night. So uh, we move on to the games for today because that's what you're here to listen to and uh, hear us talk about. So a uh, lot of big matchups today, as there always are. We got the Patriots uh, hosting the Dolphins. Uh, today, looking for a bounce back there. We have a couple of games with very high expected point totals in the Monday night game. Chiefs-Broncos, many of you will have plenty of players from that game playing. Uh, but we've got Steelers-Ravens tonight, Giants-Saints, uh, Falcons-Bengals. So a lot of points to be put up. But we start it, as we always do, with some of the major news stories of the day. And a couple of big ones on the injury front. It looks like, Scott, that Doug Baldwin's finally back and ready to play. I don't think even any of us would expect him to be 100% today. But... Uh, nonetheless, Doug Baldwin back the, out on the field, according to Pete Carroll. Yeah, all reports, though, indicating uh, you know that he probably won't be 100%. He's not in my top uh, top 50 in my wide receiver in my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com. He could be on a pitch count today, so I wouldn't run, be running Doug Baldwin out there. Uh, the Cardinals tend up to give up a lot of deep passing plays, so Tyler Lockett's still the guy if you're looking at Seattle today. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, Jim, some other injury. I mean, there's tons of injury news we can get through, but uh, another one that's going to have people itchy is the Leonard Fournette situation. Uh, even if he's out there, people are worried if he's going to be tentative, if he's going to be on a pitch count, as Scott just mentioned, for Doug Baldwin. So Leonard Fournette, another guy that people are uh, concerned about as we get into week four. 
Oh, you have to be at this point. You're not sure how far along he is in his recovery. Uh, going against a pretty good Jets defense, you know, even at home, is going to be a little scary. There's no doubt about it. It's hard to really trust him at this point. But let's sit, let's face it, where you drafted him, most likely you're going to need him in your lineup yeah. if you have him. Yeah, it's tough to sit those first-round draft picks because he puts so much draft capital on them. So. Good chance that New England New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon's going to play today. I'll tell you, I have him in a two leagues. I'm not going to put him out there. I have to see what the role is. I have to see how healthy he is. So I, I can't recommend playing him unless you're desperate with bye weeks and other injuries. Uh, what do you think about that, Scott? Yeah, I, I don't think he can, really. It's his first game. He's coming off a hamstring injury, I think. I think it's way too risky. You don't get too cute. There, there are other like nice dice rolls in uh in both seasonal and daily. You know, you could be using a Taylor Gabriel today. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Daily Roto likes him a lot. You know, if you, I like Muhammad Sanu in a revenge game against uh, you know, against Kent against uh, Cincinnati. So, uh, I'd I'd rather use those guys and gamble with Gordon. Uh, Jim, a couple of guys, a couple of wide receivers. Well, first off the bat, um. Is DeAndre Hopkins. He's dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, but is expected to play against the Colts. So you're going to roll him out there. But two other guys out there, it looks like Randall Cobb, who didn't practice yesterday, is not going to be out there. And Golden Tate has regressed throughout the week. So guys like Cobb and Tate, are you waiting for game time uh, decisions or inactives to officially be released? Or are you already looking at different options? Well, for Cobb, I'm looking at different options. You, you hate those late injury report guys that get added late. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, he didn't work out at all yesterday. That's not a good sign. I don't expect him to play, but even if he plays, he can't be 100% or even close to it at this point. So I, I really am not rolling him out. I'd much rather go with Geronimo Allison this week over Cobb, take that chance that Cobb doesn't play. You know, Tate is another story. I, I still expect him to be involved. I still expect him to be on the field in this one. So if he's out there, you know, he's just a PPR machine. I got to roll with him. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, uh, it's certainly in DFS, people are not going to be on Tate. They're looking at, but but let me phrase it a different way. If Tate is really limited or even out, Scott, are you rolling with Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay? Which guy do you like more? I really don't like any of these Detroit receivers today. You know, maybe maybe Tate, I would say, but he's not 100%. Uh, I think there's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm taking the under here. I'm also taking the Cowboys, laying the points. Uh, you know, they have some big corners out there, and I think they can handle Galladay and Jones. I'm, I'm not looking a good, for a good day from the Lions. I'm totally avoiding them in daily. Any, any bounce back uh, potential or rather momentum continuing potential for on Johnson, Jim? Well, you got to think it, it will be. I mean, uh, love the fact that they finally had a 100-yard rusher for the first time in forever. It almost seems like for the first time in the Super 70 Bowl games. era. Yeah. I know that's not cor- correct, but just seems that way. Yeah, it was uh, over you know, five seasons. We love this kid coming in. I think he, he just continues to grow with that role. Yeah. Um, so a few other injuries. Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack is not expected to play. I'll tell you that I owned Marlon Mack in one league. I actually kept him in a league because – it was not a lot of draft capital. I had kept him in the 10th round, and uh, I cut him loose this week. Uh, I cut him, and I, I'm just not going to deal with it anymore. I, I think even if he came back, he would be involved in a committee on a team that isn't a particularly good rushing team. So I think Marlon Mack, cuttable, unless you're in a pretty deep league. Uh, we talked about Fournette, expected to play, but <clears throat> you know, based on the fact that he's bounced on and off this injury report for the last several weeks, I, you have to be concerned. You're probably going to put him out there, as Jim Day said, but it still is uh, problematic. Uh, despite being uh, Keenan Allen, questionable, and Travis Benjamin questionable for the Chargers, both expected to play. This could be a solid Keenan Allen bounce-back game here, uh, Scotty. Uh, I'm not so sure about it. You know, inside injuries, you know, if you look on their injury report on rotoexperts.com right now, they say, you know, that he probably needs at least another week to heal. Look, it looks like a plum draw and a cake matchup. I guess I'm hungry saying plum and cake so far <laughs> this morning. But... Uh, do they really have to go to Keenan Allen? You know, nope. They're saying inside injuries is saying any knee injury to Keenan Allen is a concern. 
at all. So, you know, they might veer in other directions against that secondary. Could be a big Mike Williams day. And, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, just because of the matchup, I think you have to look at the health as well. And we don't know if it's a bruise or it's a sprain, uh, according to inside injuries. But I think it's a level of concern where I'm keeping him out of the top 10 in my lineup ranks and on rotoexperts.com. And I'm going to pivot off of him daily. And just to capitalize on the Mike Williams comment, I know it's a little early to say based on the data, but I actually think Mike Williams is getting to a point where he's got to be in your lineups almost every week. It's a prolific passing yeah. offense. Uh, he's got a solid number one against him. Even when Allen's healthy, he's a solid number one, and he draws enough attention away from Williams, who is so physically talented. He's got big playability, and he's especially good down in the red zone. So Mike Williams is getting to that point for me, Jim. No, I, I don't like Mike Williams at all this year. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> who listens to me knows I love Williams. This kid is going to be a star. Yeah. Uh, I keep saying next year we're going to be talking about him as a wide receiver one. I, I just think I expect his game to continue to get better each and every week. And as he continues to form a bond with Rivers, I think he surpasses uh, Keenan Allen is the number one on this team by the end of the year. And by the way, wow. it's a really, it's a good, it's an interesting point that was made on the Daily Roto podcast. And by the way, we'll be interviewing those guys in a couple of hours. But when the number one receiver is out uh, at, of practice, like Julio was last week, and like Keenan Allen has been this week, it lends more of the primary receiving targets to Williams in this instance and Ridley last week during the week of practice. So there is, while it's not, there's no, well, there's a large sample size of this data. It is a pretty interesting narrative, Scott, that perhaps those guys get a little, develop a little bit more chemistry or week long momentum with this uh, number two wide receiver as the number one is nursing injuries. Yeah, the number one's nursing injuries. And, you know, Mike Williams against San Francisco, which has been bad on past defense as it is. Uh, you know, now missing Richard Sherman, too. Uh, yeah. you know, pretty much have their way. Uh, you know, I think you like Austin Eckola. My, my grandmother used to call me my little Eckola. Uh, you know, he's a, he, he's, a, he's a nice flex play today. Um, so keep going through these games. Matt Breida and Alfred Morris both expected to play today against the Chargers, Jim. Uh, they're both banged up. C.J. Beathard now in at quarterback. He checked down, I believe, 30% of his dropbacks last year. He checked down to the running back position. So these guys could be in line to see additional points in PPR leagues. Uh, I'm, while I'm not excited about the prospect of C.J. Beathard, I think it does help guys like Kittle and the running backs uh, over the course of the next few weeks at least. Well, I think it definitely helps Brita if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. You know, it's definitely going to be a thing where he's going to start seeing more targets on the ground from Beathard than he was seeing before. So that's definitely good for him. You know, Morris, not so much a pass catching back, really totally touchdown dependent in my eyes. And I don't really see them having a lot of chances at those short touchdown runs in this game against the Chargers. Chargers defense isn't playing very well, but San Francisco with Beathard isn't going to really scare anybody. I think they definitely load the box on this team and see what they could do. Uh, so a few more. Cole Beasley expected to play against the Lions. Larry Fitzgerald expected to play against the Bears. Tough assignment there for Josh Rosen coming in in his first game against the Bears, Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Josh Rosen, the first game against the Seahawks, which is uh, – you know, they have the NFL's oh, uh, best defense up. right now up. in terms of right. interest. You're right. I messed up. So okay. go ahead. Keep going on, Rose. Along. It's all right. Not trying to spot the light. It's just going on. <laughs> uh, you know, the Seahawks lead the league with seven interceptions right now, three by Earl Thomas, you know, who's just playing incredible as he's shown his value as, uh, you know, the best free safety in football. This is really a lot to ask. You know, even though they're playing at home and against Arizona, maybe they can get David Johnson on track, you know, that Seattle secondary, it's only one member of the Legion of the Boom, but Bradley McDougal has been playing really good at free safety. Shaq Griffin has been playing a solid cornerback in that side of the field in place of Sherman. So that pass defense, while it's not super elite anymore, is still very, very solid. 
Uh, just keep going there. Uh, on, there's some defensive injuries that are noteworthy. I'll say that C.J. Mosley is expected to play against the Steelers, so that helps um, their defense, obviously. And just keep it in mind when you're rolling James Conner out there. Uh, let's see who else. Cameron Wake expected to play. Rashad Jones, safety for the Miami Dolphins, is out against the Patriots. So he would have been one of the guys doubling Gronkowski that's something to consider. It's a pretty significant injury to their defense. He's a tackle monster and somebody that would certainly help in coverage. Uh, Chris Carson, Scott, one more for you. Game time decision. Uh, we talked about Baldwin getting ready to play. Carson with a really good game last week, but now a game time decision. Yeah, but they've already said that he's going to play. I think they were holding him out after he had 34 touches last week. And no, uh, at least in standard, no no team is allowed more fantasy points to running backs than uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So you got to like Chris Carson. There's a flex play today. Uh, he's inside my top 20 in my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com, which I updated this morning and we'll be talking about later. Yeah. Uh, Jim, last one uh, before we hit the break. Alshon Jeffrey somehow recovered from his injured shoulder and then managed to get sick, and he's been out for the last three days. So any interest in playing Alshon Jeffrey today? No, not even a little bit. Uh, look, even if he steps on the field, I have no thoughts of wanting him in my starting lineup today. He, hey, he could put up a good game. I, I won't say that. You know, Wentz and him definitely have a, a bond together, but I want to see it one week before I'm going to rely on it. I'm more bummed because I'm an Aguilar owner in a couple of leagues, and I think it hurts him. Just take some targets away from him and maybe even Ertz as well. So we're going to come back. Take a look at the, no weather issues today whatsoever. We'll come back, take a look at quarterbacks on Scott's rankings on rotoexperts.com. If it's FST Game Day Edition, we'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're back on FST Game Day Edition. You hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Scott is at Scott E. Roto X. And Jim Day is at Fantasy Taz. It's TAZ at the end. We're going to open up the phone lines in the second hour, so I'll drop the number then. Uh, but for those of you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app or on TuneIn Radio or on iHeartRadio, thank you. We appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. And hopefully we'll help you win some games here. Um, so we're going to do this by doing what we normally do every Sunday, and that is going through Scott's rankings. Uh, you can find these rankings on rotoexperts.com. And, Scott, last week you had a very successful week with the when it came to the rankings, it seems. Yes, uh, finished top five on Fantasy Pro's accuracy rankings. Oh boy. And uh, the week before, our Brandon Murchison, whose uh, ranks are also available along with Frank Stample. Uh, Brett, Brandon, an FSWA award winner and two-time nominee. The Roto Superstar finished fourth in week two. So uh, we've been very successful so far this year. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, all right, so let's get to it. We're going to go to the quarterback rankings right now, and uh, I'll do that by starting with... As I bring this up, a little computer issue, so apologies. So, you know, we got a, a few good guys, and we'll talk about DFF, DFS options later. You know, you get guys like Drew Brees who are really towards the top of the rankings but still remain good DFS plays, and you're going to have a, other value plays that we'll get to uh, in the second hour. But you started off, no surprise here, very high point total. Pat Mahomes at Denver. Uh, Drew Brees here, another high point total. He's on the road. Uh, in here in New Jersey, not New York, Scott. I know you like to make that correction. So they'll be playing in New Jersey today against the Giants. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers comes in at number three. Uh, with, still banged up, but uh, nonetheless, he's Aaron Rodgers and he's at home. So uh, you have to like him there. Matt Ryan comes in at number four. That point total on that game, I was just looking over it. It's moved five points since it opened. 
It opened at 48. It's all the way up What's to 53. The total is 53 wow. for that game right now. So, Matty Ice uh, and Andy Dalton. Actually, just before the show, I checked it. It was at 54 for me. So, there you go. You know, yeah, the, I saw 54 myself. You, yeah. you know, a big part of that, too, and we'll, get, we'll see where Dalton is in your rankings here in a minute, but, you know, a big part of that is that Atlanta's now down three defensive starters. They're having a really tough time making stops, obviously, and it's putting Matt Ryan in shootout mode, which is a good thing for fantasy owners. So uh, we keep going to number five. It's Phil Rivers. Scott likes him against the Niners. We just talked about that for a minute. And Mike Williams perhaps being the primary target in the Phil Rivers passing game. Tom Brady at number six. Andy Dalton at number seven. So you don't see him up there very often. And it goes to the point that I was just making about this being a potential shootout. And certainly the public loves it. And and, and the sharp betters have pushed that over under up of five full points. So Ben Roethlisberger uh, comes in at number eight, Kirk Cousins at number nine, and Joe Flacco rounds it out at top at number 10. So Dalton and Flacco, guys that you don't normally see in the top 10 there, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, two guys that fantasy owners have come to learn not to trust are playing very well this year. And for different reasons, Dalton seems to be healthy. He's got his offense moving well. Um, Tyler Boyd has taken a huge step forward in that offense to help him. On Flacco's side, you know, he's playing for his career at this point. He wants another payday next year. Uh, he's got Lamar Jackson breathing down his neck literally. So he's, you know, playing very well at this point. He's a guy that, while he's playing well, he's still somebody that's very hard for me to trust on a week-in, week-out basis. But, you know, against the Pittsburgh defense that right now is not stopping anybody, I, I like this call. Um, keep going. You have Russell Wilson at number 11. Case Keenum at number 12. Deshaun Watson at number 13. Last week he passed for 385 with two touchdowns and a pick. A lot of it was in garbage time, but he also rushed for 36 yards, so he's creating a floor for himself. While I, I would never consider him to be a scrambling or a running quarterback, he does have the ability to do it, and he is creating a floor for himself uh, in the 30- to 40-yard range at times. Uh, in some of these games. He's aiming for his third in a row with 300-plus passing yards and two-plus touchdown passes. He's played well against the division in limited action, obviously, uh, both last and this year. So you have Watson all the way down at 13, Scott. So even against his Colts defense, which nobody's writing home about, you have some concerns about him still. Yeah, you should write home about it, though. You know, the the Houston Texans have allowed 10 sacks, and uh, – and, you know, the worst offense-looking offensive line in football right now, you're talking about a Colts front. They're a little bit banged up on defense today, but they have they have generated 10 sacks. They're a great play on DraftKings. They're a great stream in seasonal. Uh, this is a very underrated unit, and I think there's going to be a lower-scoring game. It's good stuff. Jim, the one thing I've noticed about Watson, he's done this twice. He is He did it at the end of the Titans game where he basically ran out the clock trying to make a play. And I saw him do it again last week. I think it might have been at the end of the half where he's just taking up so much time trying to make something happen on plays. And it it was shocking to me because in college he was a pretty good decision maker overall. Uh, and now we're seeing, we, we're seeing the types of things we should see from a guy who is inexperienced. I always thought too much credit was given too soon to Deshaun Watson. Now, I think a lot of analysts in the preseason were looking at the fact that this defense might not be what it was, and he's got some good weapons, and their offensive line is terrible, so they can't run the ball, so that makes him put it up more. But the expectations, I think, were too much from him because he isn't going to be as efficient as he was last year, and he does have turnover potential. Oh, no doubt about it. Look, it... He couldn't keep up the pace he had last year, I don't think. He was definitely a regression waiting to happen, and that's what we're seeing. Again, young quarterback, he's got to build more into the role. He's got to learn more as he goes, and, and we'll see that progression come. And like Scotty said, you know, Indianapolis is a tough defense, actually, this year. Much tougher than people expect, especially against the pass. Uh, they're ninth in the league against opposing quarterbacks, have only given up three passing touchdowns in three weeks so they're playing very well right now and Watson while I like Watson a lot it, it's going to be a low scoring game in my mind and I, I just not sure I like him this week as a huge fantasy asset yeah, I'll pause here to say that if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports like Scott says the Colts are a good play on daily fantasy 
but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. So forget having to create multiple lineups and ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Just invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. There's no more dealing with late lineup scratches, and there's no experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. So go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So uh, moving on, Eli Manning here at number 14, Fitz at 15, Stafford at 16, Goffia down at 17, Wentz, 18, Baker, Ryan Tannehill, uh, as we go down through it. So a few guys pop out here. Eli, in what, look, a couple of years ago, the game was in New Orleans. They had an all-timer track meet, 49-42. Um, the conditions are fine here today. By the way, I mentioned right before the last break, there's literally no weather issues whatsoever today. It's a little cool in Green Bay, but when isn't it? And everything else is sunny or cloudy, uh, partly cloudy, and, and no weather whatsoever. So here in the New York, New Jersey area where we broadcast from, it's 70 degrees and sunny. So perfect conditions. Can you see Eli potentially getting into a track meet with Breeze here, Scott? You, you, you don't have him as a QB1, so just trying to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I certainly do because uh... – you know, this, this Saints defense has been terrible. And when you have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard there, and then you've got Saquon Barkley catching passes out of the backfield, maybe more dangerous as a receiver than he is a runner. The Saints have, have been terrible against pass-catching running backs. They've been good against the run, but I think that's because they funnel so much towards the pass in the receiving game. He's got three legitimate weapons there that they're going to continue to move the ball. This is going to be a very high-scoring game. It doesn't matter that Drew Brees is not in a dome where he's played his first three games. Uh, like you said, the conditions are, are optimal here. And, you know, the Giants will be without Eli Apple, which makes them go from bad to worse on their pass defense. So we're looking at a shootout here, fellas. Yeah, Jim, Eli was great last week. I know you're not Eli's biggest fan, but he was great last week, 25 of 29 for nearly 300 with two touchdowns. Um, the interesting thing about the Saints defense is they do try to funnel a lot of catches towards the running backs in some instances. It helps them to maybe prevent some of the bigger plays. Falcons actually do that uh, even more so than the Saints. But um, your thoughts here on this one, because Eli could be higher. Scott doesn't have him low, but he could be higher here. Well, look, you know, saying the Saints funnel a lot to pass-catching running backs, but they've only given up nine passes to running backs so far in the season. With I said try. They try. So... <laughs> Perhaps not effective, but they so, try. So you know, <laughs> so you know they're they are playing better as a rush defense than a pass defense. Actually, they're the worst pass defense in the league, having given up ten touchdowns already through three weeks. Um, look, this is absolutely going to be a shootout in my mind. In a perfect day, perfect weather day like this, these guys are just going to be throwing the ball all over the field. Neither one of these defenses. Look, the Giants' defense has been playing much better than we expected, but without Olivia Vernon in there, without Eli Apple in there, they're absolutely going to struggle against Drew Brees and this passing offense. So I am looking for a very big game in this one. I think the over is probably the easiest bet on the the slate today. I think this team, both of these teams are going to put up big points, and I actually have Eli in my top 12 this week uh, because of it. I just think they're both I, – I say this. I think we're going to have another game where we see eight touchdown passes in this game. Interesting. So how about Fitz? I mean, he's the first guy ever to throw for three, 400 yards in three consecutive games. Now he go, Now it's going to get real because the Steelers did a nice job of pressuring him in the first half last week, and then they forgot to. But the Bears have a really legitimate pass rush. And, you know, no surprise, it's hard to find good pass rushers. John Gruden said so. The guy that he had is now in Chicago. <laughs> but I, I guess I would ask both Ooh, of you. Burn. Yeah, I guess I would ask both of you, do you think Fitz can keep it going here? Or is this the week where it comes crashing back to earth? Because this is a really legitimate pass rush. Now, they have some injuries on defense, but not in the pass rushing portion of their defense. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
they have injuries in the secondary. They have Prince yeah. Akamura, who's played really well so far. Yeah. Uh, but but still, you know, there's a tough defense up front. Not a great front for the uh, for the Buccaneers offensively. This this is kind of dicey. Uh, I don't see shootout here because I don't I don't think the Bears can take advantage of the matchup with the way their offense has been playing. If anything, they'll be using the running backs and not the passing game. I don't see any upside here for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, the under's come down a point and a half since it opened, Jim. It's down to 46 and a half. So you think Fitzmagic runs out this week? Well, hey, I'm not going to doubt it. <laughs> Look, Chicago is going to get after him. The thing he's not going to be able to do is sit back in the pocket and wait for those deep plays to develop. So he's going to have to throw a lot of shorter passes in, in this one and get the ball out of his hands quickly uh, because, as we've all said, you just can't sit back there behind uh, and wait for Chicago to come get you because they will come get you now, and there's no doubt about it. But, you know, Chicago's also given up, you know, seven touchdowns through three games, uh, 760 yards. So they're, they're giving up some points through the air, not anything on the ground, uh, which works out well for Tampa Bay since they don't have a ground game. And that's what I think plays into Fitz's hand is the fact that they don't have a ground game. He's going to have to continue to throw each and every time. So in this game, even though Chicago's offense hasn't do, been doing much, Tampa Bay's defense is one of the worst in the league. I expect Chicago to put up points early, and I think Fitz is just going to have to drop back and throw 45 times in this one to try and keep them in the game. That may not be a bad thing for fantasy owners, especially if you're rolling them out in a tournament in DFS. If you, if you can put up the throws, eventually something good will happen. Some pick sixes could as well, but um, uh, ultimately well, you may you may be. Yeah, looking. I didn't say which side he was going to complete them. Too. Yeah, I mean that's that's Fitz. That's him. I mean that's who he is. So yeah, he could he you could put it up. Good with the bad. That's right. That's right. I, I know we're in a we're all in a league, Scott Fishbowl, where. We get negative points if he retur- if he throws the pick six, right? So it, it puts a hurting on your uh, point total like it did for some people last week, even though he put up uh, yardage and touchdowns against the Steelers. So opposite of him in that game is Mitch Trubisky. Scott has him all the way down at 24. And this was my hesitance on this offense for the whole year. And he's averaging 5.7 yards per pass attempt. It's one of the lowest in the entire league, uh, if not the lowest. They added all these new weapons, but Trubisky isn't getting it done right now. So this team can keep winning games. They should be 3-0. They just, they blew the game against the Packers in week one, or they could be 3-0. I don't like to, I know you don't like to say should, Scott, so I want to correct and say they could be 3-0 if they just took care of business at the end of the game in week one. But Trubisky is really – he is holding this offense down right now. I just wonder if – I'll go to you first on this, Jim – if you see any light at the end of the tunnel for Trubisky, I, I've been a detractor since the time he was drafted, and I'm just worried that he's going to keep Allen Robinson and other guys down. It has actually been a positive for Taylor Gabriel. We'll get to him during the wide receivers, but your thoughts on Trubisky? Yeah, it, look, coming into the season, this offense was so hyped because, you know, everybody thought Matt Nagy would take this offense, take Trubisky, and make them world beaters. Uh, everybody on his team was being overhyped, was being overdrafted, and now we're seeing it all come crashing down, and most of it falls on Trubisky's shoulders. I mean, he, he's completing a decent percentage of his passes, but like you say, they're all short passes. They're, he's not stretching the field at all. Uh, he's not really making good use of Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, it's just he's – it's just not working out the way everybody expected. He's only got two passing touchdowns on the season, both of them coming in week two against Seattle. Uh, nothing against the Packers, nothing against the Cardinals. You know, he's got two out of his next three games against defenses that could be beat through the air. It's on him now to try and prove that he can be that playmaker. Scotty, I'll ask you one more before the break. You have Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr both ranked outside of your top 18. Baker at 19, Carr at 21. The point total is 44 and a half, so it's right down Broadway. It's right in the middle. But you don't have a high expectations for either guy. I like the fact that Baker engineered all those scoring drives, and Carr has been amazingly accurate so far this season. So you just expect this to be sort of a low-scoring affair? 
Uh, not necessarily, but here's the thing. It's with Baker Mayfield, he's done in the preseason. He's done in relief. It's different when a team prepares for you for the whole week. So I'm tempering my expectations as much as I love his mechanics, the zip he puts on his passes, et cetera. With, with Derek Carr, you know, this Cleveland defense is better than advertised. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward's playing really good in that secondary. And, you know, I just don't trust Derek Carr on a week-to-week basis. Okay. You know, he's almost like a poor man's Andy Dalton. I'm with you. Can I ask a question here? Can I jump in here real quick? Well, why don't we do why don't we do it after the break, Jim? Right. Why don't we do it after the break? We'll we'll kick off the next segment with you asking us this question, and we'll come back. We'll answer that question, and we'll do running backs. uh, Rotoexperts.com. Go there for the rankings. We'll be right back. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Back on FST Game Day Edition. That was an all time sprint. Sprint back to the microphone. So if I'm breathing heavy, forgive me. Game Day, we're doing. Uh, Scott, no worries. <laughs> game Day, we're doing running backs right now. Uh, we do, again, you can go to rotoexperts.com. Go to rotoexperts.com for these rankings. Go to the premium exclusive edge package the in-season package and you'll find all different kinds of stuff different articles strategy articles uh but also breaking down certain types of analytics during the week during the season trends that we're seeing and most importantly scott's rankings again he had a really good week last week he was top five according to fantasy pros aggregate ranking site uh scott came out number five brandon murchison was a top five in week two so uh we're getting uh we're having a lot of success here early in the season so please go to rotoexperts.com to find that so uh, over to running back position, but before we do that, Jim, you had a question. Oh, wait, before we do that, yes, <laughs> good. I, I really, I just wanted to pick Scott's brain on one ranking here, and that's Ryan Tannehill, down at twenty. Yeah, uh, playing probably the best ball of his career right now. Uh, multiple touchdowns, all three games so far. Uh, last four games he's played against New England, he's thrown for over three hundred yards. Why so low, Scott? Uh, it, you know, it's not that I hate Ryan Tannehill. You know, you know the quarterback position is deep. And I could probably give you a reason that's everybody ahead of him I like. They're just they're better fantasy quarterbacks. I even have Baker Mayfield ahead of him because I think he has a slightly better matchup and, and more upside. I just don't trust Tannehill to keep it up. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the Dolphins are 3-0. and They could lose their next five. They could walk into New England, which has a lot of familiarity with them in a divisional game, and things can be falling apart. I just don't feel, feel there's a floor with Ryan Tannehill. I'm not comfortable with it more than a two-quarterback league. I'm, I'm still skeptical. Well, no, and I get that. I, believe me, I'm still skeptical, too. I, I just don't trust the guy a lot. But in a game where, you know, New England hasn't been playing well, one and two on the season, they need this win. I got to expect if they're going to rebound, this is the week they do it. Um, and come out starting big, which will force Tannehill to throw. So, again, it may be garbage time points, but I have to expect that Tannehill puts up more points than this. And it's not only your rankings. I mean, even the Fantasy Pros aggregate is right with you. So it, it's not, It's just I, I'm not understanding why, is that's all. I, I just I, – I think I explained it. I just – I don't trust the guy. And just because you – know, it could be a – could be a you know a tighter game because it's divisional too, and we're not necessarily seeing him put up excellent numbers here. And you know just because Ryan Tannehill's playing catch up, he doesn't have a deep arm. You know, what could he really put up? I just, I just I don't trust the guy, and you know that's why I got I have to I have to put him there. Yeah, I, I get it. Fair enough. I think I think you're going against the trends a little bit here with Tannehill, but I think it's more confidence in New England bouncing back in a big way. He's actually aiming for his fifth meeting in a row. 
against New England with over 300 passing yards. But uh, let's move over to the running backs uh, right now. Alvin Kamara, the consensus number one. The volume's been unbelievable. In PPR leagues, he's catching the ball left and right. Uh, so he's right at the top of the list, and he is for DFS purposes as well. He's very expensive, but based on projections, he's still right at the top of the list on Daily Roto. We have Todd Gurley coming in here at number two. Uh, he had a great game the other night. Melvin Gordon at number three. The, the good thing about Gurley is they're giving him a lot of touches each week, but it's not so overwhelming that you feel like he's going to get burnt out like the Steelers have done in the past with Le'Veon Bell and other teams have done with other players. It's like a very manageable 21 touches every week, and they're so efficient, and they like him near the goal line. It's just it's like a perfect running back to own. You can just count on him every week. Uh, Melvin Gordon at number three. Barkley comes in at number four. Obviously, Giants, uh, with their ability to use him in the passing game, they're utilizing him quite a bit. Uh, Zeke Elliott comes in number five. Zeke Elliott is a favorite also of DFS players this week, um, particularly in tournaments where he'll probably be a little bit lower owned, but this could be a breakout Zeke Elliott week. James Conner comes in at number six against the Baltimore defense, even with C.J. Mosley back. Conner's usage rate has been really high. And Gio Bernard comes in at number seven, and he is the guy that's at the top of everybody's list in DFS this week, Scott. Yeah, he is. Uh, as far as the value Falcons play is concerned. so bad against pass receiving back, and, you know, he's only 6,300 on DraftKings. He's going to be very widely owned, and, uh, you know, Joe Mixon out for at least another week. According to inside injuries, though, he should be healed by next week. Uh, let me just get you Gio Bernard's stat if I can. He had 86 scrimmage yards last week. He had a career-high 169 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown the last time they played Atlanta. So he was his fourth in a row versus the NFC with a rushing touchdown. So next guy, a guy that I have a fair amount of this season, Jim, I just liked his opportunity to potentially hang on to this role for a while. I never thought he was going to hang on to it for the whole year, but right now it's looking good for Carlos Hyde at number eight, and he's going up against the Raiders today. No, I'm with you. I have a, a lot of hide myself, especially where he was going in drafts. He was a steal to me all year. You know, it happens all the time. A team drafts a rookie. Everybody gravitates right to the rookie instead of the guy who's constantly getting it done um, that came over the team. They paid him a big money for this year. Well, basically, I think it's a three-year contract, but basically a one-year deal that they can get out of if they need to. So he's playing real well right now. He's, you know, he's energized this this offense is now going to be energized with Baker Mayfield come in. So I, I love this ranking by Scott here. I think this is perfectly, you know, where I would sit him somewhere in that top 10 is perfect. That would help me a lot because I played up, I played against a team that had, had like three guys the other night. <laughs> Put up like ninety points on Thursday. I and think everybody on the planet played against a team that had three guys. So <laughs> so crazy, but I, and it I, didn't matter what three. And I had two. I mean, I had Thielen and Woods, but that guy had Cup and Cooks and Gurley. It was like a big Ram stack. So Ooh. I was yeah, I got hurt pretty bad. So I need I need to bounce. Carlos Hyde will help me to bounce back from there. Kareem Hunt. At number nine, uh, Tevin Coleman at number 10, obviously with Devonta Freeman still out. Uh, we saw Tevin Coleman's usage rate is at a point where he is an RB1. Um, and if you have that guy in a keeper league, you know, you're in good shape there because he's going to be a starting running back somewhere next season. David Johnson comes in at number 11. We haven't gotten the production we really wanted out of David Johnson, but you like him to be an RB1 this week, Scott. Yeah, they have to get him back involved. Uh, I know the Seahawks will actually have K.J. Wright together with Bobby Wagner, but they have to establish him. They have to give him volume. I think there's a floor there. Uh, to get back on track, you know, David Johnson just have to – the rookie quarterback, you know, going to look at things differently. We'll see whether he likes throwing to his running back or not. But divisional game here, you know, Seattle got uh, – allowed 127 rushing yards to Ezekiel Elliott last week. So, you know, there's a chance for him. It's 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 I guess it's his last – it's last week in this range, though. Yeah, he has he had a touchdown catch last week, 307 scrimmage yards and three rushing touchdowns in the past two meetings against Seattle, and aiming for his third in a row versus Seattle with over 100 scrimmage yards. So we move on to Marshawn Lynch at number 12. Uh, he, he's up there a little bit higher than we've seen in the past. Fournette, you have at 13. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I wouldn't even know. It's impossible almost to rank Fournette 
because we all know he's not 100%. Now he's expected to play, but does he play a full game? Does he get come out of the game again? So where do you rank a guy like that? It's nearly impossible to come up with an accurate prediction. You just have to assume him to be mostly healthy with a lesser workload. I think that's the only way to really approach it because it ends up, when it comes to stuff like this, it becomes non-scientific. It's a little bit too much of a guessing game for anybody. Uh, Jordan Howard at number 14. Some A lot of people like well, that matchup. Just, just, go ahead, uh, go ahead just, Sorry, just to add some insight on Fournette there. Yeah. If you go to the Inside Injuries Injury Roundup from Friday on rotoexperts.com, the way they're looking at it is he's healthy enough to play, yeah. and his health performance factor is above average, so they're expecting him to play well. What they worry about, though, is he's had so many injuries so far, and when you, you, know, you hurt one part of the body, you compensate for another. He'll play well. But he's a risk to re-injure himself at any time. Yeah. But he will play well. Got it. Um, so a couple guys here which are interesting in this next little tier here, Jim. And I'm going to throw them all at you. First of all, the two running backs in New England. Scott has James White at 15. He's got Sonny Michelle at 19. I like Michelle more, but I, I've heard this. go. I've seen this go around the block a, a whole bunch of times with people between White and Michelle. And he's got Philip Lindsay in there at number 16. Now, Philip Lindsay, as I said on the show earlier in the week, you know, if you're an undrafted rookie free agent, you probably stop punching people in the face while you're on the field. <laughs> so you lose your job that way. <laughs> but he's got Philip Lindsay at number 16. So those are, uh, there's nothing wrong with the rankings. I just want to get your thoughts on it because I'm having a hard time figuring out if Lindsay is a good play for me in a couple of leagues this week, like in a flex and between the two running, New England running backs. So those two topics. Okay, well, let's start with New England. Um, you know, I get it. Everybody's expecting Sony Michelle to break out now, especially with Burkhead gone, and he should. I mean, he should be seeing 15-plus touches from this point going forward, you know, especially with Brady not playing up to Brady-like stature. I think they get try to get Michelle involved. You know, it's been a long time since they invested first-round draft capital in a running back. Uh, it hasn't really worked out so well for them in the past. Hopefully it changes here. Michelle's been banged up, so we haven't really seen enough of him. He's fully healthy now. He should be involved in this game. I know a lot of people like him in DFS this week because of his price tag, and that could come to fruition, but I do trust James White a little bit more until we see Michelle actually do it. Uh, White has been involved. If Michelle stumbles at all, then White will definitely be much more involved in this one. Uh, yeah, and you can always count on him as a safe floor because he's going to catch the ball. So nothing about this you know, really sets me off. I, I like both rankings. Pretty fair in reasoning on why. Um, you know, the, the one guy here that sticks out to me a little bit is Jordan Howard. I actually have him a little higher going against Tampa Bay. I expect to really see them try to establish him more. They're not giving him enough touches. I do like the fact that he's catching the ball a little more, so I actually have him a little higher and uh, against the terrible Tampa Bay defense. As to Phillip Lindsay, I mean, he's going up against Kansas City. you got to love it. Uh, hopefully the team doesn't put its own kind of uh, – you know, I don't know, why don't say suspension or, you know, something on him to limit his touches this week and let him go. Because if they do let him go against his Kansas City defense, uh, I think 17, I mean, uh, 16 might be a little too low for him. Uh, Scott, thoughts really on, on Philip Lindsay? Uh, you know, he's in a guy that we, we didn't get a chance to recap him much last week because, like I said, he punched somebody and he left the game with two fantasy points. I can tell you in one league, I benched Calvin Ridley. For Philip Lindsay, I, I shouldn't phrase it like oh. that. I shouldn't phrase it like that because I started Philip Lindsay. Billy went crazy, and Philip Lindsay punched somebody. So uh, clearly, I made the wrong call there. We all but... saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all saw Ridley going for three touchdowns. Let's face it. I mean, I, look I, on Lineup Block Live last week. Uh, Chris Ventra, who was hosting, is filling in to host. He asked a question between Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams, and I said Mike Williams, and Mike Williams had a good game. He just didn't have Calvin Ridley's game. But, uh, Scott, uh, back to you on Philip Lindsay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good matchup for him, and uh, he looks like the lead running back for the Denver Broncos right now. No team has allowed more pass receiving yards to, to posing running backs than the Kansas City Chiefs. This game's going to be a shootout, so I think he's a nice, safe play with some upside. 
Uh, keep going. We got Sony, uh, Chris Carson. You have at eighteen. We talked about him being a game time decision. Alex Collins down at twenty. Matt Breida, Royce Freeman, Lashawn McCoy, Austin Eckler. Uh, as Jim sent me a note earlier, we should note that Lashawn McCoy is good to go. It looks like he's going to play today. Obviously, as always, make it official with the not, actives and inactives. He's not good to go, though. <laughs> Fair point. I wouldn't say that with Fair all point. due respect. You know, I, according I, to I think it's injuries, the actual quote that they know, used. the be... only reason I said that, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's going he's gonna to play, but he's going to play, but... Uh, you know, they said you know, pain management and ball security are going to be a problem. You know, when you actually have crack rib cartilage inside injury sets, it's more painful than you actually have a crack rib. I actually did that in college. Yeah, but you know what? Playing basketball, with Aaron it was Rogers, extremely painful. When Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, when you saw the uh, interview after the game, you know, they have some really good pain medicine on the sidelines these days. <laughs> yeah, but a running back's different than a quarterback. You know, the the, the running back is getting hit a lot, a lot more in that area than the quarterback. Uh, well, you can't make a joke with Scott around. He's he's all business. Uh, yeah, it's game day. Literally. It's, it's game day. <laughs> well, we're not sitting in the same studio. I can't see your face. <laughs> so maybe that's a Good positive. For you. Luckily for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so what I say, too. Last, last couple guys. Um uh, Two more guys wanted to uh, – actually, maybe three more if we can squeeze them in. Austin Eckler, Jim, uh, startable guy every week, even with Gordon in there, because he's he's seeing a certain percentage of targets and red zone market share and the like. So is Austin Eckler a guy that you can throw in your flex every week, regardless of what Gordon is looking like? Hey, he's playing very well, no doubt about it. I mean, so far in the season, he's the number 13 running back in – uh, PPR leagues. He's he's getting enough usage uh, pretty much every week to do something. Uh, even last week, he had his worst week of the season, still scored double-digit fantasy points. He, he's not going to be a guy that burns the, the house down at any point, but you know his floor right now seems to be about that 10-point range, so not a bad flex, but really always depends on your options. Uh, next guy, Scott, Kenyon Drake. Where are we at with Kenyon Drake so far in the season? Uh, it's been totally unpredictable, up and down. They score all those points last week, and Kenyon Drake has three yards. But, you know, this is the crazy NFL. And, yeah. uh, you know, one week if Drake's out of it, you know, they might start handing him the ball a lot again the following week. And, you know, he might he might be involved because – the Patriots are going to watch game film, and nobody watches game film like then. And, you know, maybe they won't be expected to see a lot of Drake here. Uh, all right, Jim, last guy before we head to the top of the hour and do wide receivers. Deion Lewis today. This is definitely not a game where people, I mean, I don't know if anybody's looking at Derrick Henry anymore. But uh, we got Deion Lewis here, number 27 in the ranks. Uh, can you see some opportunity here for him today? Well, absolutely. There's opportunity. It's dependent on whether or not they use him. Look, Philadelphia's been, you know, one of the toughest uh, defenses in the league against the run. Uh, number two, actually, against opposing running backs, uh, allowing only 14.7 points per game to the position, not to any player, but to the position. Uh, but in all fairness, they haven't really faced a good rushing team except Atlanta in week one. Tampa Bay in week two, Indianapolis week three, both teams that don't have a running game right now. This week, they, they should get tested. They should try to use Lewis in the passing game, try to get him involved. So I like him this week to do a little damage. For the record, Scott has Alex Collins at 20, Buck Allen at 31, Matt Breida at 21. Alfred Morris at 33, so you know he likes Collins and Breida there in those running back committees. We'll come back top of the hour. We'll do wide receivers. This is Fantasy Sports Today, game day edition. Mike, Jim, and Scott back with hour number two right after this.